Welcome back to NELP's Young Professional Network podcast, Growing the Green Industry. Today's podcast is powered by our Young Professional Network partner, Steel. Steel makes a full line of gasoline and battery-powered outdoor power equipment for the demanding landscape professional. Find yours at steelusa.com. Your host today is me, Brett Lemke, with RM Landscape, and today I have Aaron Barr with me. How are you, Aaron? I'm fine. Thank you, Brett. I think you might have a second career as a radio announcer. Yes. Yeah. I, you know, after a number of these uh, podcasts, I am, and we've all learned how to you gotta articulate and really just bring some inflection in the voice. I'm, I'm, I'm getting used to it. I'm, I'm getting used to it. Um, and so let me give you a little bit about Erin. Erin, uh, uh, prior to starting her consulting business, Erin Barr was a human resource director in the landscape industry. And today Erin is a human resource professional with experience in employee engagement, recruiting, training, development, safety, and more. Throughout her career, Erin has worked with organizations to, to grow, support, and build relationships with their employees. She has a, a master's with from uh, the Webster University in human resource development, and she owns a, a human resource consulting business and resides in St. Louis, Missouri. So pretty cool uh, and well-timed as we were just saying, like, we all need you. And we all need everything you know to help us get through these busy, growing moments of spring because it all floods in and no one knows how to deal with all these. So I'm just going to lay on this couch and uh, and you're going to just <laughs> help me through uh, the, the typical landscaper spring that, that will be case study. Truly going to be like a therapy session. Oh, man. And, and, and everything I bring up, I'm almost certain that we all are dealing with from the smallest of the business to the largest one. But um but I guess that's why the human resources is an important part of any uh, organization, even if it is the owner performing that uh, or managers or some, at some point, uh, someone that's dedicated to that. Um, but what, what brought you into that space? I guess to sort of just give some context of your background in space, but what, what brought you into that, that world and connected you specifically with the, the green industry? Yeah, absolutely. So I started um, right after getting my bachelor's degree in human resources. Um, I knew right away that I wanted to have a career where I worked with people and really thought about that intersection of their lives and of business. And so that's how I started going down this path. I've worked in different industries throughout my career Several of them have been service industry related and so had some really great transferable skills that I was able to bring with me when I started working in the green industry in particular. Um, you know, human resources, accounting, IT, a lot of those kind of back of house or back end business services, um, you know, those people can come from different industries and bring complementary skills into the green industry. And so um, I was fortunate enough to be the human resources director at Muni Green Care for several years um, in particular. And since then, I have continued, when I started my consulting business, um, I continued to work with companies within the green industry and specifically um, this past year partnered with the NALP Foundation on creating some toolkits to help um, landscape um, businesses uh, promote diversity and um, retention and, and um, help support those recruitment efforts for um, really just expanding the diverse workforce and whether that's um, truly minority diversity or uh, getting more women in the industry really focused on that. So it's an interesting point. We all often say in or 
hey, someone needs to be in landscaping to be higher landscaping, or we want that experience. But to your point that there's a general sense of a number of those services or, or team members that don't. And so um, is, there, is there something unique about our industry? Or is that just a bit of a myth from your perspective? You know, I think there are some really unique things about the green industry, um, and I think they're really positive things. I think in true HR form, I'm going to give you the the most general answer ever. It depends. Um, I certainly think that that every organization has to have a mix of skills and abilities amongst their their team members at all levels. And so I do think it's important to have people, you know, who are rising through the ranks with true green industry experience and, you know, knowledge in, in the field as they get up into leadership positions. However, I don't think every single person on your team has to come directly from the green industry to come in at a mid or upper career um, career level. I think there's a lot of transferable skills. Wonderful. And, you know, and, and I agree. And, and, and you've, and certainly as we talk uh, and get more involved in just the recruiting and the engagement of folks mm-hmm. that come into our businesses, uh, you have to think a little bit beyond that, that space. And, and not everybody's going to come in with that, that same resume. And, and then once you start experiencing that, that diversity and just uh, work life or work in pieces, it's amazing what will evolve within your organization. Again, not everybody's supposed to look the same or and know the same things. That will be very linear, too linear for you to grow. Um, so how do you really broaden that that horizon? So um, so as you've worked with your clients and, and just getting the perspective of the uh, industry as in, in these new days, I mean, what are the biggest challenges that you're seeing uh, for, for companies like ours? Yeah, you know, so I think regardless of industry in general, but many companies are really struggling with having more generations in the workforce than we've ever had before. Um, and the needs of those employees at those different different points in their lives. And so, you know, when you think about, you know, the values and the needs of someone who's, a, who's in Gen Z versus the needs and values of someone who's a baby boomer, right? really different. It's really different communication styles, really different expectations. And how do you, how do you work with that? I think COVID was really unprecedented um, in terms of creating just some changes in employment expectations in general for employees. I think people coming into your organization, whether they're from other green industry companies or not, are way more savvy than they used to be when it comes to being hired. Um, And so with that, it's going to create some tremendous opportunity, but also some tremendous challenges. And I'm seeing a lot of companies um, really struggle with, you know, everything from just getting people to apply um, all the way to retaining talent for longer than, you know, six months to a year has really been a major, major challenge. Yeah. Um, and again, the, the, as I just reflect on my own organization and team, I mean, those are, it, I, there's been incrementally some progress from our perspective over from yep. close to tw- uh, 2020 in that COVID times. And now, um, you know, we're settling back in, but a lot changed. Uh, and so be, not only the wage, but then the responsibilities, the, yep. the way we're working and how we're operating all has had to have some type of sort of review. Um, and just recognizing if that is for doing well with that or or not. And, and that's relative to that of uh, what they're saying. So we've been talking to our team a great deal more to listen and learn. And it's a different kind of conversation than it used to be. 
Absolutely. And I think employees across the board are in some ways going to give much richer, better feedback than ever before, too. And I think I think a lot of that has to do certainly with Gen Z. And that's that's a trait of that group of employees. But I think generally speaking, um, social media has really changed the game. And so employees, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent, are going to give their opinions a lot more freely if you have an organization that's really rooted in that communication. And that creates just a wealth of opportunity for leaders as you think about what's going to change in your organization and where you should be prioritizing, um, you know, everything from your your benefits budget to how you're, you know, how, you, how you're doing the work and getting the work done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all, uh, so I'll probably, I'm, it's cool, cool that it was coordinated. I've listened to a podcast, the Harvard Business Review about don't underestimate the low wage workers and really pulling that in. Fantastic read. I think everybody should go listen to that on, on HBR ideas. But the, um, and so I, I keep referencing that thought in my head and we all as managers, owners, managers, even leaders within production come in with a different biases of how, so, you know, of course, you know, as managers, oh, you know, it's all about the money. It's all about the money, but uh, it isn't or, or, but ask. And we saw it in our survey results over three years of survey and pay was always within the top three, but it was one number one for at least one year. Uh, but the most recent year, it was about more training, uh, and, and, and further, um, opportunities to see how to grow. And so, uh, mm-hmm. it flipped still pay was there, but it was, it, it did not hold the same rank. Um, uh, but if you if you think that way, then you'll and you're comfortable with the turnover, then nothing will change. But if you uh, believe that this turnover that we're experiencing, you know, in certainly seasonal markets is just uncomfortable for your company, then then it, it forces you to really dig into this. It does. It does. And, you know, I think that with a lot of with a lot of the expectations and the the benefits that workers are really looking for right now, um, pay is always going to matter. And I think you have to pay, you know, com- pay competitively. And we see companies, right, trying to figure out how, how they can make that work and meet those expectations. Um, but think about companies that you see where people kind of boomerang back, right? They leave and pardon my pun, but the grass isn't always greener somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And they realize, you know, actually I had a, I had a really good situation. I had a manager who cared about me as a person. I mean, that's one of those uh, things that you can't quantify, right? But, you know, do do your managers, do, do you as a leader, do you care about your people? Um, those are the kinds of reasons that people will continue to stay at organizations, but also why they might come back. And while turnover isn't, you know, there is some healthy turnover, but having high turnover sustained for a long period of time is not great. Um, you know, look at those companies that have people come back. And I think that is important to understand too, right? Why did they leave in the first place, but then what's drawing them back? So what are we doing well and where can we be getting better? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think knowing those numbers are important, um, you know, and I think your payroll companies can help you with some of this information. Okay. So it's not a hard thing to calculate. Um, I mean, I, I've shared it where we believe that we've, we're a team of uh, 125 at peak season. And I look back in our annual and through the season, we had over 200 W2s issued. And I'm like, well, you know, but of course there was those that were one day, one week, you know, and how did those people sneak through versus those that were three to six months or, or longer? Yeah. Um, and so it is, uh, it, it causes sort of to sort of stop and pause and look a little bit closer at 
well, that number first, and then now what do we want to, to accomplish with this, with this information? Absolutely. And also looking at patterns with those numbers too, right? You know, if you start to see, okay, the majority of this turnover happened with people within their first week, or the majority of this turnover happened with people on a specific team, right? Is there something about this route that is extremely difficult? Is there something about leadership on this team that is, is an issue? Is there something about the customers? You know, thinking about all of, all of the things that play into somebody's day-to-day -day and really looking for those patterns, I think will really help you make the most of those metrics. Um, many organizations, you're right, your HRAS or your payroll companies, they have, they have that information. That's a simple report that you can run, but it's what are you going to do with that information and how are you going to slice and dice it um, that really make it a valuable tool. So when we when you see this information with the companies that you're working with, what um what have been some of your immediate strategies to you know progress? You know, I, I don't think we ever solve it. I mean, that's not been something yeah. that's been solvable yet. But but what's what have you been working? How do you help people make progress? Absolutely. So you know, I think first and foremost, looking for those patterns, right, and then drilling down on those. You know, asking questions, making sure that we're doing intake, making sure that we're looking for input from the current team as well. Um, really understanding that doing stay interviews and not just right now while you have a problem or right now while we're getting through the spring rush and everybody's at a high high stress point, um, but doing stay interviews throughout the life cycle of someone's time with your organization, right? You know, checking in with those employees, those new employees after their first 30 and 90 days, even just having a 15 minute one-on-one. -on -one. Hey, how's it going? Are you stuck anywhere? Is there anything that you need? Those are some immediate things that you can implement. But then think about your, your employees that have been there longer, right? Why have they stayed? And getting that information is really big. So I recommend that um, employers do stay interviews at one year, three years, and five years. Mm. Um, just to just to get the temperature across the board. And you're not, you know, depending on the size of the organization you have, you know, it sometimes can be difficult to talk to every employee every year in that one-on-one -on -one kind of setting just about that, right? And so certainly, you know, it gives you a practical way to space that out a little bit too. How would you go about coaching um, the idea that, you know, we hear a lot about, you know, annually isn't enough, uh, certainly in terms of feedback and, and making sure and that especially those early people or, um, and quite frankly, even those that we've had some people celebrate this past year, 20 years. And so how do we talk to those too? But how do you, how would you go about um, approaching a, a, a season in terms of how to get feedback and from manager to that direct report? Um, it when, when oftentimes we all think there's just never enough time for something like that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think feedback and regular performance check-ins with people, it does not have to be complicated. Once a year is not enough. You're absolutely right on that. Um, I will I will go ahead and tell everyone a secret for owners and leaders. I'm going to release you from a burden. Performance man, performance reviews on an annual basis, they, they don't do anything for your company. You can just I just throw them out the window. Um, having regular check-ins with employees or whatever you want to call them, career conversations, whatever that looks like, regularly with those individuals will make a much bigger difference to your bottom line and really move the needle in terms of making progress way more than an annual review ever will. Um, those regular conversations should have a little bit of structure around them. Um, you know, I keep it very simple and I do keep it to three, three really basic questions, right? 
what's going well, what could be better, where are you getting stuck? Those are the three things that you really need to understand from your, from your employees or from the your people on your team. And so I recommend that managers make an effort to have those one-on-one -on -one conversations once a month is really ideal with that person. It does not have to look like a huge amount of time, you know, 15 to 30 minutes is enough time for that. Now it's truly dedicated to that topic and to having that discussion. And I know that can be really challenging, especially if you have a lot of direct reports that can seem you know, like insurmountable, right? Here's another 10 hours of work you've given me. Um, but that will pay itself back to your organization and your team in spades. Yeah, I uh, no surprises, right? That that's ultimately what happened. You know, inevitably, in these annual performance times, they come to them with one perspective, and the the manager may have a different perspective, and then that just creates and distracts you from what you really wanted to talk about was the person's growth. And uh, and so too often. And so, all right, well, I wasn't hugging my pillow on this couch, but now I'm hugging it because you said get rid of the performance reviews, and so now I got to think about how to change that. Um, so um, I'm sure I'll. I'm no no Kleenex yet for me yet, but um the uh, but it's it's important piece and and I've I've struggled with that part, um and but when I do them, we are keeping a much current conversation and even myself there's a, an accountability as as sort of the leader there to say now I'm I'm staying more current with what's going on but to your effective use of that time don't get caught in the weeds or watch you sort of chase the chase the down the rabbit hole of some other topics or some bigger ideas. Give that time. So, um, all right. So, I so there is a path and a very sound very approachable to more current conversations, um, and and done down to that newest crew member that maybe is just there in the field. I mean, I typically find that they have not experienced that kind of uh, participation with their development. Um, the idea that one that the faster they're getting comfortable with what their expectations are or where things are or who people are they're working with, then that's what's the longevity. I, the longest tenured people with us, I think, seem to have great uh, network of friends, uh, feel they understand it and uh, and they're very comfortable, but are also being pushed. Um, and so, you know, that at least those that, and then we have some that are just, are still floundering and haven't gotten that grip and and we may lose them and that and that's what we're trying to, to minimize. Absolutely. You know, you can't change someone's attitude. What you can change is making sure that they have the right feedback to, to make any kind of, any kind of improvements that they need to be to be successful. Um, you know, what somebody does with that feedback, you, you can't make them do anything with it, right? But really, you know, continuing that stream of communication, continuing those check-ins, that action alone is signaling to that person, hey, you matter, hey, we care about you, hey, we're paying attention to you. Um, if they choose not to take advantage of it, you know, you have to let we, sometimes you just have to let that go. And unfortunately, some people don't make it. But for the people that that care and that are really trying, you want to make sure that you have that open door. And that's why, you know, that's why all of the data suggests, right, that annual performance reviews aren't enough, because it is just about that constant flow of communication and giving employees the chance to voice their concerns or tell you what's going well, right? Sometimes you may be ready to scrap something and, and you'll find out from your employees, well, hey, we love this. No, don't get rid of that. Um, just gives them an, an opportunity to really engage. Yeah, 
Yeah, we've um, uh, the function and we've had them on our, this podcast. Team Engine has become a big ability for us to just reach and make connections. And so, using technology to to touch base when uh, through so through group chats or conversations or survey pieces has been helpful. But then there's nothing like just running, you know, picking that time with that person in the field or at you know back in the yard to say, I just want to ask you a couple of questions. How is it going? And yeah. I've watched myself even be very like the little things about how you ask the questions. And like you point those, those are very three simple questions, but um, I, you know, the, the stop using the word why of really trying to eliminate that word from my conversations. It's at least from my situ perspective, it's a little poignant and just, you know, attacking kind of statement versus why did you do this or what created this situation for you to, to answer that way. And it, hopefully just sort of settles it down that we're here to learn and we're not here to just come to an answer and, you know, and judge off of that. Absolutely. Or instead of saying why, just simply saying, tell me what happened here. Yeah. And yes, it gives that person plenty of room to provide you with, you know, some people certainly might be defensive, right? But it's, you need context to understand situations. And sometimes you will find out information that you didn't know. Um, and it will change the way that you act on that. But in addition to that, the follow-up question is, how can we ensure this won't happen again? Um, or that this will be better in the future? And really having those next step follow-ups with employees and letting people, even, you know, people at the crew level and in the field, provide you with feedback if they have it. Now, some people may say, no, you know, I, I don't know. I don't have a suggestion. That's okay. Ideally they will, but you've got to start somewhere when you create that culture to get those people to buy in. Yeah. And, and, and the consistency. So find, you know, yes. to the listeners, find what's most help best for you because the worst, and I'm first guilty of this is you started something and they just know they could wait, you know, that the people can wait you out. The employees can say, this won't be a something that'll be come up next week. It'll be just a time. And then that that's risky, right? And so you, you have these meetings and if you can embark on a monthly meeting, don't skip them, right? Make them important because again, they're ready. I, I find that there's a lot of people that are ready to go with you, but they also want uh, you to, you know, lead and be consistent with that piece. So prepare yourself. Absolutely. And we talked about this a lot um, at my session at Elevate when we were talking in response to diverse the diversity program, we talk about hiring and retaining that talent, but it is true of every people initiative in your organization. Anything that you do, make sure it is sustainable and it's something that you're really going to continue to follow through with. There are amazing ideas across many different facets of your people, whether it's training and development, whether it's hiring, um, I, you know, you see companies doing really cool things that you want to implement, um, but just knowing, right, what is realistic for us right now and progress is made in inches, not miles. You know, maybe implementing a huge, real, um, you know, performance management system where you're going to check in with people every week and have different levels and have all this paperwork. That is probably not going to be sustainable for most organizations, especially where if you're an owner and you're also the people leader, you know, if you have a smaller, smaller company, you're, you're wearing a lot of hats. Yeah. What can you actually do? It doesn't mean that you won't have to stretch a little bit. It doesn't mean that you won't have to fit another thing into your day, but what is sustainable over a long period of time and what can you build on? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and as landscapers or business owners, everyone knows that yep. you got a little more room for stretch so that you can find a little bit more space for, to do the right thing or in, in, in that, that people part will, again, a strong return uh, on, on these yeah. kind of efforts. 
So we talked, your session was about it, but the idea of uh, diversifying the workforce Mm -hmm. uh, as a strategy or the reality that it's happening to us uh, and being a part of it. So embrace that space. Um, what, what's the proactive strategy here more than, uh, the reactive space or, you know, not being a part of that conversation. So how do we get ahead of that? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, the question isn't so much, do we need this? It's how do we do this? Mm -hmm. Um, we were talking about diversity and kind of approaching it, you know, it's been something that's been building in the industry for, um, quite a few years now, and we've continued to build on on these strategies as we go. But I think really understanding, right? You know, there's a large amount of the workforce that is um, potentially untapped talent, and so how do you attract more women or more diverse hires to your organization? Some of that's going to depend on your geographic location. I mean, we did talk about that at Elevate specifically. There's some some areas of the country where maybe um, you know minority diversity is just something that's that's not prevalent in the residents of the the county surrounding where the the company is. And that's okay. You know, understanding that. Um, A, you can find that data really easily through your county's website. It's a simple Google search. should come right up. Um, the other thing is to, of course, making space for women in the, in the industry as well. And, you know, whether it's a, whatever your diverse workforce looks like, it's important for people to see that diversity at all levels of your organization. So being really intentional about that within, you know, like your leadership team, for instance, if you're a larger company where you have a pretty big leadership team and there is no one that is, you know, female or a diverse person on that team, let's understand why. And then moving forward, let's be intentional about that. You know, people tend to want to work at companies with other people who look like them. And so somebody coming into your organization, if it's the only woman on the team, you know, understanding how we're going to accommodate and how we're going to create space right now for that person. But then also, what are we going to do in the future and how are we going to create future opportunity? Well, and um, I've watched, um, you know, some fantastic changes to our organization. Um, and I've seen how we've done those intentionally. And I've watched how they have grandly grown because, again, friends bring yep. friends uh, or bring those that look or act or are socially where they are in the pieces of it. And, um, and be, you know, we spend so much time at work. Why wouldn't we want to be uh, surrounded by those that are, you know, and, and you'll retain much, much stronger. So you don't like anybody that you work with. I mean, that's a quick reason to go look for something else. Um, um, so it is, uh, you know, as a, as an organization talking again, here we are back saying, talk to your people, talk to your teams about these conversations. But, and so when you say, if you love it here, please bring those and, and that would love this place too. And that we would think would be a good fit and watch that change happen. Um, but if you, uh, you know, but there is sometimes you have to force that, that, that change a little bit more direct and make sure to your point about hiring and promotion, making sure that we have uh, a good sample of and, 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 and good testimonial or to your point that experience to show I can be here. I could see how that looks for me too. Absolutely. And making sure that you have plenty of allies in your workforce for diverse hires as well. And, um, you know, again, whoever that looks like in your organization, but making sure that there are clear cheerleaders, clear allies for those individuals, and making sure that there is plenty of space for those people to be highlighted um, in a positive way. And, you know, whether that be the individuals themselves or the allies and showing those demonstrations of 
of allyship, right? Um, a great example and one that I think we continue to talk to, to speak to in the organization are simple things like, you know, safety PPE. Ensuring that you have PPE that properly fits women is really big, right? And, you know, do we have women's size clothing? Do we have, um, you know, any type of PPE that's specific to women? Are we paying attention to that? Those types of things are really, really great actions that your company can, um, that your company can show the workforce, right? Like we're thinking of you, we care about you. We want to make sure that you're extra safe out here. Um, things like that. Yeah, I'm, uh, um, it requires attention uh, and it requires the dedication to it. Uh, and, 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 but the successes of that have grown. And I, I've just watched, you know, I, I know we've been doing some good work towards it, um, but I've also just watched it happen. Um, or and I said, organically, again, it's just really exciting to see um, the conversations and the changes that our organization has. But, you know, now we struggle with finding staff and teams and now it now becomes, well, here's a whole group of folks that we could be really good and powerful for our organization. How do we find ourselves and attract ourselves to those, those parts getting into the community in pieces. So, you know, the a question that sort of surrounds that is um, the approaches. I mean, oftentimes we, we talk about roles and responsibilities in an organization, recruiters, um, HR professionals, um, HR specialists, and all these insights. What, what first um, and when uh, do they best come in? And so, how do you approach that with, with, with folks you work with? Yeah, absolutely. It's a little different for every organization, depending on your size. Um, you know, I do think having human resources support is really important for a lot of a lot of companies that maybe haven't even thought of that or don't maybe have a dedicated human resources person yet. Part of that is ensuring that employees have a safe person to go to if they have a concern um, about something going on in their organization, right? They're much more likely to take it internally if you have a neutral party versus going outside to, you know, making a formal complaint that you might not want them to make or may not have had a chance to address the issue, right? And so I think that's really important to have someone in your organization dedicated to just, just being that person for people, if nothing else, right? Um, I think when it comes to, you know, the workforce and making sure that we're bringing the right people on board. I think human resources and recruitment um, have a lot of opportunity to be involved from sourcing the talent, you know, getting, getting people in the door, getting resumes in the door to helping lead that interview process, um, making sure that's an efficient process, making sure that people coming in the organization, whether they are at, you know, out in the field or, you know, a you know, a chief financial officer for your company, making sure that they're having a good experience being a candidate with your company. I mean, that's somebody's first impression. Um, and so if you call me back for six interviews, do you really, you know, is this, is this, is this right? Do you really respect my time? Does this make sense? Um, you know, are people friendly to me just in a very general way? All of those things are, I think, opportunities for recruitment specifically to make sure that those are, um, that those positive interactions are happening and that somebody's being kind of an advocate for candidates as well. Um, that's part of how you're gonna get people to join your organization. And then I think, you know, from a, you know, continuous improvement standpoint, right? Really leveraging, you know, your HR folks. There are some really amazing people in the industry that I've met throughout the years that, you know, really care about the organizations that they're part of and making sure that they are helping to drive your people strategy in general. And whether that's simply, you know, employing some, you know, a new way of doing your performance management. So ensuring that 
you have you're speaking with people regularly and not just once a year, making sure that they're you know partnering with NALP and taking advantage of compensation studies. Are we paying the right amount? Are we paying a fair market wage? Are we being competitive? Um, you know, your human resources professionals can really partner with you a lot on those different levels. Um, and then finally, just providing coaching, right? Some place for managers throughout the organization, someone to go to and say, hey, I need you to partner with me. How do I deal with this? This may not be an HR problem right now, but you know, I'm having a difficult time communicating with this person, or I have two people that cannot, cannot work together. How can I resolve that? You know, really lean on that professional expertise. That's what those people are trained to do. They should be there to be uh, thought partners with you. Yeah, I've uh, we've gone through many years of you know that being resources that are outside the organization or within, uh, and we've done both. And um, and sometimes it it makes you know it's finding the right person, the right fit that has been really important. Um, We were when especially when COVID hit, that changed a whole lot of dynamics that we needed to start addressing. We all have, or at least as an owner and as a manager, I think we all have responsibility within the HR bundle or and yeah. responsibilities, and we have to take those on. But there are, to your point, other, you know, those safe spaces, that's really, I think, an important point to talk yeah. about, right? And that's not always your direct report or who you yeah. uh, work with. Um, and it's just someone that's the professional. So here we are working our butt off to become horticulturists and landscape professionals, but yet uh, we need to hire those that are HR that have gone and, and understand that business or the financial parts of it. And those professionals know how to deal with these and they're, and they'll approach them with a much, you know, calm, more calm demeanor, right. Especially in the HR yeah. space, things can be quite, um, quite extreme and, uh, but you still got to remain calm and, and, and deal with this within a process versus uh, reactions that could be emotional uh, reactions that could be delayed. And these are all yeah. things that you know, we, we want to push them off because, we're just too busy, please. But these don't go away. Some of these issues, I find, if if it's not with that person or you know, it could come up with another person. It's a policy and a piece. And so, um, you you all will, as listeners, just listen, understand your organization to know when the when it doesn't go away is when you need to provide more effort. And there's coaching and supports outside, and then there's um, the reason to have that person right in the office near you, uh, really, really close. I don't think there's a size of an organization, X amount of you know revenue that requires that. I've heard small companies, even the large companies, have just such a diverse staff around the, the HR, the HR space. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I think that you know, for me in particular, I focus on working and partnering with small, smaller organizations that don't have the revenue or maybe the number of people to support having a full-time um, HR director on staff. And so they need that support, but it's not, not, you know, constant on a daily basis. Um, And so I do think, you know, for part of your business strategy, that is an opportunity for you to have somebody being, um, you know, saying who's really spending time to look at, look at people and understand what our people want and understand how we're going to go forward too, and make these projections from not just a cultural space, but also from simply revenue, right? You know, our benefits, they don't seem to get cheaper year after year. Um, Who is really being a good steward of those and making sure that employees are taking full advantage of what is being offered to them, but making sure that, you know, you have a a partner to work with your broker and make sure that you are offering the right business or the right uh, benefits for your 
your employee population and for your organization. And so I think there's a lot of ways that your HR partners can help support you um, as a business owner, but even as even as management too, and being that kind of subject um, objective person when we're talking about, you know, this is somebody I work with really closely on a daily basis. I know this isn't getting better, but I also know X, Y, Z about this person's, you know, personal life outside of work. And so I don't know if this is the right time to address it. Having someone to be a thought partner and, and work through that with you is really big. And that's, I think, what, you know, many of, of your HR team members can help support. Yeah, it, it's tremendous, right? We, we talk a lot about on this podcast about asking for help. Um, and, and that can range from how to grow a business. But more often than not, the coaching that I get um, outside, um, in the outside is about the people. Um, and so, yeah. you know, some of that is uh, an opinion and experience or, hey, if I were you, I would do it this way, right? And it doesn't come with all the, the rules and the regulations and, the, and yeah. the, the, that part of it. And so you have to sort of filter your advice as best you can. Um, but if there are trusted advisors, um, you know, it's there. And, and so I've, uh, I've learned how to tackle those, but everyone comes at a different perspectives. And so yeah. um, consistency and how you respond, uh, if you can, you don't get exposure as an owner, I don't get exposed to all the needs uh, within the HR uh, world. Um, but if I have to get address one, am I going to can be the same, but that, that be it that coach, be it an advisor, that HR professional you have within your organization, but make sure that you're doing the same thing, same time, because we're being watched. There's a lot of people, a lot of eyes in these situations. The integrity part comes in really important here. Are you doing this, what you should be doing in this space? Uh, I found it was like when we were over a hundred employees and the team, when we got to that number of team members, it, things changed. There's a lot of rules and laws that came in at that, that juncture too. And it just was a lot of moving pieces. Um, and, you know, future managers were fantastic landscape professionals, but they didn't know, they have not been leaders long enough to know how to deal with the people part of this. And so that, how do you, we all have time to learn, but now, you know, as an organization that has resources, how do we accelerate their learning? And that's through professionals, you, Aaron, and others. So um, find help, right? And, and it comes in many different ways. Yep, absolutely. And having someone to be a steward of making sure people are are stretching themselves to improve and constantly grow and, and being a, you know, being an ally and a cheerleader for the growth of your company. And, and when I say growth, right, that doesn't just look like revenue growth. That doesn't look just like, you know, adding more people, but are we adding more skill sets? Are we putting more tools in our toolbox and really having someone who's, who's really focused on that people aspect of your organization, I think is so important because as owners and as leaders, you are pulled in in a, a million different ways. And so really making sure that somebody's, you know, overseeing those things. And, you know, we talked about not implementing new, um, you know, new, new practices for whether that be for hiring or performance management, if you can't sustain them, right? And who is driving those initiatives? Well, we, 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 those that attended your session at Elevate, all the other sessions we all attended, right? We constantly yes. come back with a notebook full of ideas and yes. that is uh, exciting yet risky. So, uh, plan appropriately. Uh, but the people part is a big return. Uh, we've watched that when the best of our team members are those that are most engaged with us. And when and that engagement is because of the competitive pay roles of career paths, I mean, we've, we're doing things well, and, uh, and they're also contributing. So, you know, maybe it isn't um, something that can't be completely fixed, but it um, maybe there, you know, for our listeners to think about 
a team that is fully engaged and present that you know wants to grow and you have what what momentum would that give you um as you move forward and so and that attention that investment uh is is, is critical um so absolutely and and now you know going in you know kind of coming into spring and and really you know coming out of that ramp up time right um, you know, thinking about what you're going to do for the next year, it's already before we know it, winter will be here. Yep. And, you know, when you talk about implementing new initiatives, really understanding that the life cycle of your business and in the green industry, there are better times of the year to implement new ideas um, versus, you know, right now is not the time you want to start start something new and complicated for the team to work with. And so really making sure that whoever you're partnering with on that, whether that's somebody who's, you know, an internal HR uh, supporter of the organization or somebody who's external, making sure that they really understand that within the industry um, and that there are going to be, you know, timing is going to be everything for this. Well, uh, so timing, this was a well-timed uh, session. Thank you. I feel better. Um, I highly recommend calling Aaron and going through this therapy. <laughs> right? So it's, uh, um, you, you make, you make it, a, this conversation made it approachable, even with the tips that you had, those seem very, um, you know, very doable within any of our organizations, mine specifically, I see how we got to really focus on, on some more attention to the team. Um, and so, so thank you. Um, appreciate the conversation today. Um, we end everything with Rose and Thorne. So, uh, what's been going well, personally, professionally, and what's been sort of that thorn in your side, any, what would you offer up? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, for me, I think my Rose personally has been, we, put in a new swimming pool. This is going to be our first year with it. It's been a fun project. So I'm excited to, to get out there and use it now that it's getting nicer in St. Louis. Um, you know, I think professionally, my rose continues to be getting to work and partner with businesses and see what business owners across the country are really doing to, you know, be successful and how much they care about their people. That I know that sounds a little trite and sounds a little a, maybe a little too, you know, touchy feely, but um, I do really enjoy that that aspect of my job. That's a continual rose. Um, you know, I would say a continual thorn is, um, you know, just continuing to know, you know, have to educate myself on, you know, the ever changing employment laws throughout our states. Making sure that we're staying up to date. Making sure that we're uh, answering all those calls for government reporting. Um, that's a constant thorn in my in my HR side. I'm like Toby from the office. I'm a people person. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I'll let I will jump on that thorn. I think that's an appropriate just for the conversation today. It, it's keeping up with it, um, and you know, we're we'll deal with HR issues within the organization, and some of them are preventable, and some were just things we had to react to. Um, and, and and it's a distraction, and so it is like, how do we really tackle this challenge? And so, and it's become more, you know, pers better perspective today on it. But it was. Uh, so we can't keep missing this, can't keep recycling these same situations. And, and I was talking with uh, one of our managers today. I was like, you know, it may not be tomorrow, but in three, six months, this could be completely better if this is where you want to put your energy and a better team could feel really, really good, but it's going to take some time to get to that point. So, yes. um, so yes, I agree that this is, um, you know, that thorn is that this one never goes away. So it's got that little poke. It's not a painful one, but it's just always making sure you know that they pay attention to your people. Yep and get proactive uh as a as a rose uh we've starting to see spring weather here to your to your point like let's get outside and do things and so um i'm, I'm just thrilled with 
with that uh, opportunity with with family uh, and time. And so um, so we'll, we'll always take a, a good weather day up in upstate New York. They're just very rare. So uh, we embrace that. And it was a good weekend. So I like it. Nice. Well, thank you, Aaron. Uh, tremendous uh, um, conversation and, and some really good nuggets just for people to take away. Thank you, Brad. I really appreciate it. It was nice to, nice to, to chat. Well, thank you to our listeners. Uh, please subscribe, uh, share with friends uh, and, and colleagues, and uh, we look forward to another conversation with you. Take care, everyone.